Welcome to The Sauce, a St. Louis restaurant podcast. I'm Mira Nagarajan. I'm Michelle Volansky. Welcome to this week's episode. Michelle, let's talk about the dinner that we had last night at the Preston. Yeah, we went to a wine dinner at the Preston. It's one of a couple restaurants at the Chase Park Plaza Hotel in the Central West End. They have the Chase Club, which is kind of a more casual bar, and then the Preston, which is their more upscale restaurant. There's also the Tenderloin Room on site, but it's operated, I think, by a different culinary organization. Yeah, right? it's like a third party operates that. Mm-hmm. But the Preston, the reason why we went to the dinner last night is because they began hosting chef table events, which is a multi-course dinner that they are going to start hosting every couple of months. And at least last night, each chef contributed a different course to the menu. And there was a wine pairing to go along with it. And it was a really great experience. The first course that we tried was a beetroot ravioli with smoked ricotta, smoked pork belly. There was charred tomato, a pistachio gremolata on top, and then a butternut squash veloute, this like velvety sweet kind of sauce. I think that was my favorite dish of the whole night. Yeah, it was amazing. And the executive sous chef, his name is Josh Alhamid. He's been working at the Chase Park Plaza in various food service roles. Uh, he kind of oversees a number of the restaurant concepts that they do. And he's been there for seven years. And he loves to make hand po- hand he loves to make pasta by hand. And that ravioli was really, really great. Yeah, it shows the pasta texture was that kind of firmness you want from a good pasta, but still soft. It, the smoky flavor really resonated throughout the whole dish, but it felt simple. These pops of tomato yeah. that brought a little sweetness and acidity. It and I love the start. presentation. Like the pasta itself was that bright magenta and it looked really mm-hmm. appealing mm-hmm. and pretty. And then our other favorite course of the night was the shaved gooey duck clam sashimi with sea scallop, soy wasabi beurre blanc, preserved ginger, and then this black fish roe. Mm -hmm. And that scallop was unbelievably good. It was so sweet and seared, so nice. And then that beurre blanc was just rich and salty and had that umami like bomb going off. Yeah, the fish was beautiful, but it's we joked like you are kind of cheating putting everything in that delicious beurre blanc sauce because yeah. it was so good. We had to like beg for some kind of bread to sop it up. Yeah. And we had been already singing the praises of the Preston's famous pretzel croissants, which they have had ever since they opened. They did uh, close, I think, for a couple of years due to COVID. They've been open for about a year again now. And that's why these dinners, they're like getting back into the swing of things. But they've had these pretzel croissants since the beginning, and they're amazing. So we did get a treat. We got to sop up the Burblanc with the pretzel croissant, and it was a dream. Yeah. It really is a hybrid of a pretzel and a croissant. (laughs) It's layered and flaky, but it's got like a little bit of a chew to it, salty. Mm -hmm. Crisp exterior, which is always really nice. Yeah. I love that combination. I want to jar that sauce. It was unbelievable. I also really love their dessert. It was a lavender, an apricot, white chocolate lavender mousse with this brulee apricot tucked inside. It was kind of in this dome. Mm -hmm. And then it had this like kind of lavender 
gelée exterior that made it look glossy and like a little lavender bubble. And then on top was this almond tuile, which is like sweet and crispy, this like flaky, crunchy bite on the top. Yeah, it gave the full dessert. You would get bites that almost felt like you had tapped into like a creme brulee, a crisp, sweet, salty topping. It was like texturally great. And visually beautiful. Yeah. And all the courses were paired with a different wine. There was an Albarino with that beetroot ravioli, which was really great. There was this German Pinot Noir for the gooey duck clam sashimi dish that it wasn't sharp at all. It was soft and very mature. It was like a seven or eight year old wine. So I think it was like 2017 Pinot Noir. Mm -hmm. So it had like a really nice texture to it. And it was such a great wine. The dessert wine was a rosé that was really beautiful. Their food and beverage manager, his name was Michael Stodder. He's a certified sommelier, did all the pairings, and they were really great. So be on the lookout for the Preston's Chef Table events. I think, I mean, they have regular operating hours, but I think that the multi-course dinner that really showcases everybody's talent, it was a fun event. And the space is really beautiful. Yeah, the space is beautiful. It always feels like a treat going to the Chase Park Plaza. I was to say, I feel like for some diners, you're either in the habit of going to these kinds of dinners or you're not. Yeah. Some people may, might not ever even consider them, but plenty of restaurants will do that. It's like a ticketed event, a prefix situation. And I always tell people to like give it a shot. They're always really fun. You meet really interesting people. You get to hear from the chefs. They're kind of trying to show off for you a little bit. So you get to try cool new things. And usually if you are a wine drinker, that's where the value usually kicks in. You get to try so many great wines and they're just very free flowing throughout the night. It yeah, very has, generous pours. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And it's a just a fun environment, a fun experience. So I recommend look, look out to some of your favorite restaurants and, you know, go to a chef's dinner. Another place we went this week is we had a team lunch to try the new food menu at Rockwell Brewing Company, the location on Vandevender off the Grove, as opposed to the beer garden in Francis Park. Their menu still is pizza, but this other location was burgers. It used to be Broswell, which was operated by Niche Food Group, but they have moved on from the space. So now they kind of took it over. They're doing their own burgers and an expanded menu. Yeah, we tried a number of their new menu items when we were there. They do have a chili dog, and they also on their kids' menu have a corn dog, which I think is a big alert. They said the corn dog is already a very popular menu item since they've released the new stuff. One of the things that we tried that we were both really into were the llama-style fries. It's sort of like a loaded fry with caramelized onion, a beer cheese sauce, and then a garlic aioli drizzled on top. Yeah, it's like their take on an In-N-Out animal-style fry, but it's totally has that brewery personality because the beer cheese flavor really does come through. It doesn't necessarily feel immediately when you take a bite like they're knocking off, you know, In-N-Out. It's definitely a unique POV on there. And they were so good. Yeah. And even their regular fries were good. I like their Rockwell Ranch. Very nice ranch for all you people who love ranch. (laughs) That Theirs is a quality one. Their garlic aioli was great. We tried their blue cheese the dressing, too, for the fries. And that was also really good. Not too strong and overpowering. Mm -hmm. So I really liked that. We also, on the starter side, tried their Little Gem Salad, which had radish, cucumber, pickled red onion, blue cheese crumbles, and their Rockwell Ranch again. And then the Caesar Salad, which was kind of the salad favorite with chopped romaine, a miso dressing, Parmesan, and... We kind of preferred that one, no? Yeah, I loved that miso dressing. I'm going to say it definitely, it's a unique take on a 
Caesar. It has all the toppings, but that dressing, again, it's more miso forward, I think, than like an anchovy. I didn't feel a lot of anchovy flavor no. when I was trying it. I wonder if they used miso in lieu of the mm-hmm. anchovy to make it a vegetarian option, but it definitely mm. had the saltiness. There was mm-hmm. like a citrus note. It felt very like deep and really good. They had a nice showering of Parmesan on top. So it felt like a classic Caesar the way that it looked. And I thought the dressing was, I agree, I really liked it. We tried a number of their sandwiches. They have a fried chicken sandwich that you can get in a a couple of styles. We chose the Korean style, which was like a sweet, spicy sauce that was coating the fried chicken. And I thought that was really good. Yeah, that was great. That was my favorite. I think that the bun, it's like a soft, squishy potato slash brioche kind of a bun. Mm -hmm. And I loved the bun that they're using. We loved their OG burger, which was two Mm -hmm. smashed three ounce beef patties with American cheese, a fry sauce, lettuce, pickles, onion, tomato. I didn't feel we were talking about this. I didn't feel that there was a a lot of fry sauce. Maybe there was just enough. I love fry sauce. Me too. I want to see the fry sauce. Yeah, we need a side of it next time. Next time. But the OG burger was really good. The patties had a great sear on them. It wasn't too thick. Mm -hmm. It was it was a really good burger. Yeah. I was going to say anyone who's sad to hear the news of Roswell leaving, uh, good news. They're still holding it down with a great burger and you should go try it. Yeah. We also tried their veggie burger, which the default is that it comes on a gluten-free bun. And I think I would have really liked the veggie burger if it was on that same squishy brioche. Mm -hmm. Because it is a brioche bun, it's, I think it's not vegan. So that's why they do the gluten-free. So if you want a veggie burger and you're not necessarily full vegan, pro tip to ask for the brioche bun. Yeah. The Rockwell lunch was a huge success. We also tried a couple of their cocktails, which were really good. Yeah, they have quite the cocktail menu now. For a brewery, they really have a lot of different options. They have some nice wines, some NA options. They have a frozen machine that's always spinning a frozen cocktail, which you know is the way to my heart. Yes. Well, we tried a couple Mm -hmm. that I think are really memorable. The Great Bambino, which is a peanut butter fat wash dry gin. Vermouth, Campari, Amaro Nonino. So it's kind of like a Negroni-ish. Yeah, it was a Negroni with this like really rich, nutty finish. It was like that peanut butter taste kind of lingered in your mouth after you took a sip. It was really cool. Yeah. And the peanut butter was kind of aromatic. Mm -hmm. You could smell it when you first went to take a sip. We also tried their take on a dirty martini that they make with the fermented tomato water that had this sweet pickly note to it that Mm -hmm. was so different for a dirty martini iteration. It was a cross between a dirty martini and like a, a clarified Bloody Mary kind of vibe. Yeah. Sweet tomato but pickly and fermented and they, they garnished it with a um, cornichon and an olive. It was very that vibe. Yeah. I really delicious. Yeah, me too. And of course, the beers are the reason why Rockwell became so popular in the first place. Yeah, they had a number great. of collaborations on the menu that mm-hmm. were really interesting. And then their classics are always on draft. And then they also have their cans in the case that you can buy to take home or I suppose drink there if you prefer the can. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so that's Rockwell, their new menu. Yeah. From SauceMagazine.com this week, we have a new first look called Hot Pizza Cold Beer. It's in downtown St. Louis. The folks that have Sugar Fire Smokehouse, Mike Johnson is the owner. Mm -hmm. He's opened up this new pizza shop in the former pie space downtown. Yeah, in the MX building. Yeah, they're at 610 Washington Avenue. So think like 
they describe their pizzas as East Coast style. Mm -hmm. I guess it's thin, but not thin crust. Yeah. It's not St. Louis thin, but it's Jersey thin. Yeah. And (laughs) then they're going to have some wings. I think they're going to have some interesting sides like a a spinach artichoke dip. They're going to have a lot of dips. Yeah. Big goat cheese with marinara. Mm -hmm. Who doesn't love that? They're going to have a s'mores pizza for dessert. Love a s'more. They're doing 24 beers on tap. So true to the name, plenty of cold beers to eat with your hot pizza. Uh, A lot of local favorites and a lot of domestics. They want just some classic cocktails to round out that menu. It's a huge space. It's very breezy. I think it's 3,000 square feet. Sits over 100 people. He just wants to keep holding it down in downtown and being a place that's good for like tourists, business folks. He has a sugar fire basically across the street from this location already. So he's familiar with the neighborhood and the area. And it's exciting. I think he he's up to about 30 restaurants total now. So he's quite the local restaurateur. I mean, he has it down to a science, apparently. And Mm -hmm. what I thought was nice about this location is that they're going to be open from 11 to 10 every day. So it's like it's kind of nice because sometimes when you go downtown after hours, Mm -hmm. you're just like you don't always have a clear picture of where to go. So it's nice that more people are making the effort to be available daily, available later. So love to see that. Also, some sad news from SauceMagazine.com is Taco Circus in Clayton has closed. Ugh, Christian keeps breaking our heart. We love his Taco Circus, and we'll follow them wherever they go. Here's hoping they reemerge again. Yeah. They started out in Bevo in 2015. Then they moved to Southwest Garden near the hill. And then they opened Taco Circus after a brief closure because they had a flood. Yeah, he was having some real rough landlord issues in that situation. They like opened up as part of Kitchen Clayton, which housed four separate concepts. And he just said it wasn't doing that well. But the food from Taco Circus was some of our favorite in town. We loved getting, especially for birthdays at the office, we loved getting like a whole taco platter with quesadillas and stuff. Those breakfast tacos, they're my favorite. And all the sauces. The sauces are so great. That green sauce. The green sauce was so Mm -hmm. magic. And I don't know. I think it'll come back. He suggested in the scoop that Lauren Healy wrote that it would come back in some form or fashion. So we'll just wait and see. Yes, we'll be there following along. So big story this week from the website is the James Beard Foundation named several St. Louis area restaurateurs and chefs among the 2024 semifinalists. That was announced this week. And then their shortlist, which is the final round in each category, are going to be announced on April 3rd. And then the award ceremony is in the summertime where the winners will be announced. So Mm -hmm. this is kind of their long list of nominees. In the best new restaurant category, Arsado, which is... Nick Bogner's new restaurant on the Hill, and then Mainlander, which is a modern American supper club that is co-owned by Chef Blake Askew and their maitre d' Gordon Chen. Yeah, that's an exciting new inclusion on the list. I was excited to see that because Mainlander's concept is very specific to place and time, mm-hmm. and the decor and the menu really stick to the theme Mm -hmm. it's like mid-century kind of american fusion menu that was really inspired by like south pacific cuisines asian cuisine and the cocktail menu also reflects this 
tropical menu aesthetic mm-hmm. and the space is really different and cool and I love to see that. Sato, we named one of the best new restaurants of the year in 2023. We've talked about Sato and Indo uh, <laughs> numerous times on the podcast and yeah. in print and online. We love what Nick Bogner and his team at both restaurants are doing. So it's lovely to see Sato be recognized. Yeah. He's no stranger to his James Beard nominations. He was a semifinalist in 23 for Best Chef Midwest. He was a rising star Chef of the Year semifinalist in 2019 and 2020. Indo was a Best New Restaurant semifinalist in 2020. So we'll see. He keeps making that list. Hopefully he'll get to bring home the prize one day. Yeah, we're rooting for everybody on this list. Uh, We love to see that Take Root Hospitality, which they operate and own Bistro La Florissant. They also run Vicia, the soon-to-open Taqueria Merida, which is in that Cortex complex. Also, Winslow's Table. They received a nomination in the Outstanding Restaurateur category. Mm -hmm. That nomination includes Michael and Tara Galina and also Aaron Martinez. In the outstanding bakery category is La Patisserie Chouquette. Mm, which is another really exciting one. It's such a special place. There's really no bakery quite like it in no. St. Louis. Mm-hmm. We have Nathaniel Reed now in Kirkwood doing French pastry, but no one has this particular point of view of hers who's so into like the details and the presentation and like this beautiful artistry of it all. Yeah. And I think the one thing that I really took note of is her space, which I went into recently. Mm-hmm. It's very luxe and big and like black and gold all of her packaging for her pastries and candies and confections that she makes that they all work on to make in the bakery they have really beautiful branding that I Mm -hmm. think is like they've really made a push and an effort to make every part of the experience feel very luxurious Mm -hmm. and it definitely comes through so I'm really excited for their team congrats to them in the outstanding bar category is Scratch Brewing in Ava, Illinois. Yes, this is another another nomination for them as well. They're also something so unique in the area. You know, they brew beers using a lot of unconventional ingredients. Foraged ingredients. Mm-hmm. And I think what's really interesting about them is that they're such a destination yeah. brewery. And so many people in the metro area do make the effort and the drive to go to Ava, Illinois, because what they're producing is really so specific, like hyper local mm-hmm. to that region where they're like in the summertime foraging pawpaws in the woods and then using those pawpaws to make beer that is specific to that region. I just think it's such a fun project and they've been consistent. They've managed to grow it and people are noticing. Mm hmm. In the Best Chef Midwest category are Lauren Knowledge of Balkan Treat Box and the newly opened Telva at the Ridge in Webster Groves. Also Rob Connolly of Bull Rush and then Philip Day of Root Food and Wine. Yeah, that's an exciting new inclusion. Root Food and Wine topped our best new restaurants of, I think, 2021 list. It's out in Augusta. Kind of like wine country. It's a great experience. I feel like it's, this has come up a few times now. These places where you're kind of having a wine dinner experience, Mainlander and these special events that other restaurants are having. Yeah. When we went to Root Food and Wine, it was such a nice experience because it's a small-ish restaurant. There's mm-hmm. not a ton of seats in there. Their aim was that in this region, there are a lot of great places to go have wine. You 
can pack a picnic basket. There are a few casual spots in that area that are reliable stalwarts. Mm -hmm. But he, Philip Day, wanted to create an experience that was more of a fine dining experience that really placed a lot of thought and a lot of effort into creating unique dishes. And their bar program is similarly creative and kind of matches the effort and the kind of work that goes into the food menu. And the meals that we've had at Root have been really memorable and special. Yeah. And I think the design of that space is like country chic. Yeah, it's in a cozy old house. It's got a super charming patio. You can sit out there and have your like before dinner drink before moving into the house. The service is great. Yeah, it's the perfect place to go to after you've been bopping around, going to different wineries, mm -hmm. and you kind of end your day with this beautiful meal. Mm -hmm. Rob Connolly of Bull Rush, he's also doing a really conceptual restaurant, similar to the way that we were talking about Mainlander, where they have a really tight focus on place and time. Even La Patisserie Chouquette, that has like a really like tight French interesting kind of focus. Mm -hmm. Rob Connolly is like really focused on the foods that have been historically available in Missouri, this like Ozark mm -hmm. cuisine angle. And the effort and the commitment to this concept is astounding. Yeah, you talked to he's like an anthropologist for food in the area. Yeah. And he has all these like reference materials and books that help him and his team decide what is suitable for the menu and it is Ozark and it mm -hmm. is Missouri and I think it's because it's so steeped in this idea it is impressive and it's not really a surprise that he got that nomination yeah all of these semifinalists have really specific point of views yes exactly and Lauren knowledge too I mean mm -hmm. Balkan Tree Box has been such a forever fave since they opened mm -hmm. since the food truck and now Telva, I mean, we were raving about our experience there. It's mm -hmm. such a great addition to the area. Really specific, like you said, perspective. Up next, I'm going to head out to Osteria Forto in O'Fallon, Missouri, to do a first look of their space. They were affiliated with Cafe Napoli, and now they're doing their own thing out there. It's Italian, a lot of Southern Italian, a lot of coastal cuisine. So excited to check it out. Yeah, I'm excited to see what they're doing out there. Well, that's it for this week. Thanks so much for listening. We'll catch you next time. See you next time. Links and location information to all the restaurants mentioned in this episode can be found in our show notes. Our audio engineer is Alejandro Ramirez. Additional reporting for this episode was done by Ian Shaw, Michelle Polanski, and Lauren Healy. Episodes of The Sauce are recorded at the St. Louis Public Library's Creative Experience Studio. Find new episodes of The Sauce every Wednesday and listen and follow wherever you get your podcasts.